0: Yeah, record <laughs> literally, Jill just says, "I'm not a jungle person.
1: <laughs> Costa Rica, not for me. I mean, the critters—that's the problem—is that- just a lot of critters. Like I went to Bali, same vibe, just like humid, right? So, like, there's just a lot of a lot of critters." which is fine. But like in LA, if you guys don't know this in LA, there are no bugs. Like there just aren't like we live here. We have like the windows open all the time. I've had more birds fly into my house than I've had bugs in my house.
0: (laughs) That is a really good point. I didn't think about it, but I'm, I'm in Tulum right now and there's constant bugs. Like we're kind of staying in this Airbnb. That's it's like a jungle house. So I had ants all over my shit, like my vitamins, because mm, I had yeah. these little uh, vitamin C things and they're, I guess, kind of sugary. Ants all over. Every night there'd be moths in the room. I mm-hmm. have so many bites all over myself. And then you, that, but I hate bug spray. It is gross. And mm-hmm. you just feel the chemicals. You're like, am I dying? Like I'm killing <laughs> bugs, but am, am I also slowly killing myself?
1: I know. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I will take the bug spray over the bugs though. I will. Cause we camp a lot. And so there's mm. definitely been times where we've been camping and it's in, cause we're in the middle of like the woods or whatever. Right. And yeah. it's just like, so I'm constantly, and, and Keith never gets bug bites. I don't know what that is. If people are listening to this and know like why some people get crazy bitten and other people don't, please explain that to us because Keith is like, I'm not getting anything. And I, meanwhile, I'm like lathering the bug spray on yeah. constantly. We have those little like what do they call like the the candles with the thing?
0: Oh yeah, the citronella candles. Yeah, we have all those too. So anyway, you know, it's probably just a histamine response, maybe just an over hyper allergenic, not hyper, you know, something like that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so anyway, yeah. well, anyway, we don't know, but if y'all know, <laughs> but we
1: are in uh, the Tulum studio. Yeah. And the studio. LA studio. Yep. And we're, look at Danny just, and, she's and on do you her have a drink? and
0: she's working. I do.
1: Are you drinking?
0: Yeah. Cheers. I didn't, I didn't think you were drinking. I wasn't. And then I, and I'm then alone tonight. Work. I left the retreat. <laughs> I got my own like Airbnb tonight and I thought I'm just going to get a drink to talk to you and just chill. This is my yes. own personal celebration of being alone. <laughs> I love it. Dude, being alone's the best. It's yeah, so good. But I mean, I definitely need to just cut back on the alcohol, but I keep saying tomorrow and just tomorrow. But you do happen. in general, you have in general, yeah, that's true. Now you just eat edibles. I wouldn't do that that often. <laughs> um, I am so excited because we have a listener question in the DMs, and he said I could say his name, so I'm going to. This is from Jeremiah, so shout out, Jeremiah. Um, He messaged us and he wanted to do, and I think this podcast is going to be a really great topic for a lot of people. Um, he asked if we could do a podcast on finding your confidence after the pandemic or discovering your greatness, greatness after the pandemic. He said, I got laid off from being a hairstylist in March, 2020. My clients thought I was amazing, but then I moved halfway across the country, lost all my clients and just got back into the salon a month ago. Now I'm having anxiety, nervousness, uncomfortable feelings of awkwardness. I'm wondering if you could help since I've been listening to you guys for months. And I would appreciate your help, comments, and support as I strive to continue living the best life. So I love this. Thank you, Jeremiah, for trusting us with this question. And I think it's not only you know, a hairstylist, absolutely personal trainers. We have a lot of them on the show too. So many people during the pandemic lost work and, or moved because if they did lose work, they maybe had to move back home, Mm -hmm. maybe move back to a place with, with roommates or just a different situation. And so, um, Jill was asking a clarifying question before, which was, are you just feeling like you're losing confidence over like your business and, doing hair, but I said, you know, it's probably just a lot of things, you know, when you move to a new city and Joe and I have both done this where we've moved across country or to a completely new place, there's not only the like losing confidence in yourself and maybe your career, but then just not having the friend group around you and not having the support around you. And suddenly you just feel lost all around. So I think that this is a really great topic to talk about. And I think building confidence, um, can go across all kinds of things, whether you're moving, starting a job again, starting a new job again, um, all those things.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this is definitely valid. And I remember just at the beginning of the pandemic, having a lot of clients that were personal trainers and group fitness instructors and really like literally getting their income wiped out overnight. And also just the sort of existential crises of like, wow, like, I have a job that relies on me being in person. So like, what does this look like? Is it okay? Like, how do I iterate here? It's terrifying. Right. And so for those who sort of like tried to iterate and jump, actually, um, so my brother, Brandon is a performer. He's a professional dancer and we've had him on the podcast. Same exact thing for him, right? Like literally, how do you just dance without being in person, right? That's the whole thing, especially the entertainment industry. And I think that, it is not benign, this feeling of like, wow, my expertise is not essential, right? Like that's really scary to go like, I could not have a job if there were not allowed to do in-person, like this is a real thing. So it does bring you up short. There's this sort of like existential question of like, am I not, like, is this not a viable career, and it had been up until that point. And so that's, I just want to validate that there's like definitely like a very real thing to have those feelings of like, am I disposable? Is what I'm doing important? Like, I'm not sure if you're going to that, but like there is that feeling of, you know, is what I'm doing not important. And so I think my suggestion, my first suggestion is, really actualizing how important your job is to people, Mm. right? So it's easy for someone in the entertainment industry or something to be like, well, it's just, it's dancing. And like, really, it's just like, you know, it's more entertainment. It's like, people don't need it, but they do need it. They need, and like, I don't know about you, but like during the pandemic, we weren't able to get our hair done, like nails done, waxes, right? Like we were having a big issue with that. So we think <laughs> I'm losing my confidence. Cause I couldn't look good. exactly. I'm like, we need <laughs> right? you to make us feel yes. confident. Yeah. And so I think if you are in an industry where, especially in the gym industry, which I'm obviously have a lot of clients in the industry, realizing that you are important, I think you have to reiterate to yourself and find examples of where you are an essential worker. Or you are an essential business. You do have an essential skill because you do. And you bring, whether it's like, you know, hairstyling or, or health and fitness, like there's not, to me, there's nothing more important than facilitating health and fitness for people who need it. Same thing with brand and being an entertainer. It's easy to just be like, am I just, is this a throwaway career? Like, is this just not important? And this is like, It brings so much joy and so much depth and so much richness to people's lives. So I think first is just actualizing that you do matter and what you do. and, And this is just the same thing I would tell my clients for personal trainers is like that what you do is important. And finding a way, if there is a way, to still show up for your clients because your clients still need you. Like they didn't go anywhere, right? They just aren't able to see you in person. So how can you, and I know for me, if I'm feeling a lack of meaning or a lack of purpose, I try to figure out how I can serve. I might not be able to cut your hair in person. How can I support you? How can I serve you? Like Brandon iterated, he went online. He started like a a sort of coaching mentorship for young dancers, you know, who were like in high school and college and what he calls like pre-professional dancers. And maybe it's not a ton of them, but he found a way to create purpose when, you know, essentially like the government said, you're not essential, like we don't need you. And that's, that's a lot, that's a lot to take on. And it's sort of an existential crisis. So I think first thing I would say is find ways to remember that what you do is a service to other people and it's not to be dismissed and it's not a nothing and it's not unessential and figure out ways to really remind yourself. Like I used to have, and I know you did too. I used to have a thank you folder on my desktop where when i was first getting started in business i would go and read the couple i only had a handful of people who said you know i really was you know you really helped me or you really impacted me or your blog really touched me or it really made me feel less alone i would have to go and read those to remember why i was doing what i was doing and so i think first and foremost is like reiterate to yourself however you need to to remember that you are important and what you do is important as well
0: i really love that and just it is also recognizing so you know in this case Maybe his clients aren't still there because he's gone. Um, there are still ways, you know, you can keep in touch. But there's a lot of cool things you can do with social media, and thinking of ways to really reach new people using social media. There's a whole lot of ways to do this, but also validating like the grief you feel for losing your career for a short amount of time, for just all of what 2020. <laughs> did. The other night I was talking to Jeff on the phone and I started laughing almost hysterically. I was like, 2020 was so stupid. Like what the hell was that? (laughs) (laughs) And just we're so far out of it now, but we're not. And I just was like, what the hell was that year? I mean, literally what the fuck was it? And so it's just like, okay, we got through it. We're still kind of in it. It's just this weirdness. And so I've just shifted to like, I think, I think personally, I've shifted from like the fear and anxiety that was really coming up in March where all of us were like, what's happening? We don't know what's going on to kind of like relaxing into this new thing and going, all right, this is our, this is how life is now. Let's just go along with it. And I, you know, you didn't say this in the, in the DM, but I'm just going to make assumptions or just maybe I know some other people going through this. Um, I was on a group coaching call recently and a gal had to move home. She's 32. I think she said she's moving home. She had to move home because of the pandemic and losing her job. And so part of her lack of confidence. And I'm not saying this is for you, Jeremiah, but it was just feeling like a loser that she had to go home at at 32. And we judge ourselves. We judge ourselves so hard, but the reality is, is so many of our situations are temporary. And so when we're judging ourselves really harshly for like a temporary thing, that's not even your fault. Like the pandemic is zero people's fault who's on this podcast. That's why it's <laughs> like, so
1: like frustrating, right? It's just like you, you're so angry because you could never predict that. And you're like, what the fuck? Like this is not something I could have ever controlled. You know, I think that's when we're the most upset. There's no preventable yeah. way to do this. Totally. You know what I mean? Like it's just, and that's what's the most frustrating about it. So I think the grief is, and honoring that grief is so important.
0: Yeah. Like honoring the grief and just going, man, that was some messed up stuff. Like this is really valid it, what ma- it is. And it makes sense that I feel shitty and it makes sense. I feel bad, but then also looking at, and, you know, I talked about this in my Ted talk of like going through the gift of grief and then looking at these insights, but also truth of like looking at the reality of what it is, but not worse than it is. So, okay. You're in a new city or a new state or across the country, you're in a new place, but you still, you still have your skills. You still know how to do hair. You still know how to to coach. Mm-hmm. You still know how to teach. You still have these things. And so while you might be in a new place, you're actually not starting from scratch. You're not starting from zero. You're just starting, you're, you know, you're starting with a fresh open book. So to well, speak. Well, and also
1: like that's the opportunity, right? Is like there is, and this is, I think maybe the upside to it. And I actually talked to a lot of people who said this was as, as shitty as this felt. It was the opportunity. It was the nudge that I needed. It like literally forced me to change something, right. To like, I, so I feel like uncertainty is a hugely uh, rich source of opportunity too, right. Mm. Where it's going, like, if there was something that you didn't love about your situation before, I know for personal trainers, like they, they want to cut down their hours anyway. Right. (laughs) Like it's just, so it's just kind of forced them to figure out a way to move into more distance coaching, more virtual coaching. And, And you kind of mentioned it about, even if you are a hairstylist or something like an esthetician, like there is opportunity to be a creator on social media, right? So like there's an opportunity and we have all of these resources and I know it doesn't take away the sting and it certainly isn't, you know, maybe what you hoped you were doing, but there is an opportunity to be a content creator, right? There is an opportunity to, you know, start doing like YouTube videos, start posting your IP on social media, start like just becoming, and like really instead of being a clinician or being a, um, You know, sort of a uh, someone who just sort of grinds throughout the day and sees clients in the service industry, like maybe take that hat off and maybe put the creator hat on Uh and be like, yeah, I create content now, you know, and there's a huge Internet space for uh, estheticians and hairstylists and stuff like that. Now, in terms of like monetization, I don't know what that would look like. It's not my industry. But for personal trainers, there's an opportunity there, and so like, what does that potentially look like? You know, I know one of your best friends was a hairstylist, and now she does everything virtually, and she does coaching mm-hmm. for hairstylists and whatever. And so there is opportunity there if you're willing to look, and maybe it is the little nudge that you needed to be like, "Yep, yeah, actually, I'm not going back to working the way I was working." And this yeah. has forced me to change things up and really look at what I really wanted to do move forward.
0: Yeah, I love the the irony is that I'm here at the retreat. I'm I was at this last week was with 90% hairstylist. And one of the gals had started this little sticker business, had an idea. And her sticker said something like it's pronounced balayage. Balayage is like a, a type of hair painting and it's spelled really weird. And so she's got it like phonetically spelled out. And I guess she sent sent a couple stickers to a girl who was kind of an influencer. The girl did a TikTok, and then her stickers just sold out and went crazy. And so she's like, I suddenly am thinking about making hats and making different kinds of stickers. And this whole path opened up for her that is added to her business, but she's now thinking of making a more full-time thing. She goes, my goal in life is to make sure no stylist ever gets a little, uh, scissor, like scissors, uh, Christmas tree ornament again, <laughs> and <laughs> for Christmas. And she, she's like making gifts for hairstylists and making little fun things like t-shirts and gear and Mm. and that kind of thing. And I think when you start to get creative and start to open up, I think when it comes to losing confidence, it comes from a base of just fear. And at least I, at least I feel like in this situation, like I'm afraid I'm not going to get back. I'm afraid that there's like this lack there. I'm not going to have clients again, because I I really doubt that the skills are completely gone, but even if they are, so let's just say, let's say confidence and like you had an injury, you broke your leg and you were an athlete. And so you get your cast off and you're not as confident because you're like, Ooh, it's a little bit weak. It's not as strong. So your skills are weaker. All that takes is just building the skills slowly and going back to basics. And I always say that confidence is where you can do something, something you can control consistently over time. So if you find something you can control, so maybe it's like you need to get clients. So maybe you can go do a geotag in your area and look like around some salons and just start liking photos from people who like, maybe we're at a gym in this area, you are nearby and liking and commenting on their stuff. And hopefully your Instagram profile shows what you do and who you are and who you serve. So there, maybe they might be looking for you. There's a lot of things you could do, but something you can control consistently is going to build your confidence if you were injured and that other example is working for you, it's like, okay, maybe you're doing, you know, your personal, uh, pr- personal therapy, uh, what's it called physical therapy exercises every day. And you're building your confidence that way. Maybe it's literally, I mean, I tell, I had a lot of girls just, you know, going through stuff, going through divorce, going through personal things, I'm like just get up every day and put, lipstick on and mascara and brush your hair. And just doing that thing, like getting yourself dressed sometimes is what you need to do to build confidence. Literally many times in my life, just getting dressed every single day, like four days in a row, five days in a row is what started to build the confidence. And I don't think confidence there's confidence in specific areas, but then there's general overall confidence. And I really believe that confidence in one area can spill over to confidence in another area it doesn't always work that way like I'm not like just because I'm confident um, as a flute player doesn't mean like I could play the drums but it, it is to say that if I am confidence confident in myself as a person just in general that the skills I have I can be more confident in those and I can continue to grow in those so, I think looking for ways that you can do something consistently that make you feel good or that you know, you're making a difference or that you just know you're doing something, Mm -hmm. you know, you're doing something is going to help build that slowly over time.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, another word, I guess what like that sort of global confidence you were talking about, it's sort of like a self-trust. So Mm -hmm. even if you're starting somewhere new you know, like, and I think this is valid too. And we, I think we've done an episode on this and like moving to a new place and like being around new people. And we kind of talked about different ways to sort of become, you know, more engaged in the community that you're in. Maybe you don't know anyone there or whatever. So maybe you feel a little bit self-conscious or a little bit insecure about going out and meeting people but you need to look at other examples where you were put in a position where you felt uncomfortable, and you were able to do it. You were able to move through it. Now maybe it's going to feel uncomfortable. Maybe it's going to feel uncertain. Maybe it's gonna. It's never going to feel like awesome. You know, remember when I moved to LA? Like I would just. I remember I joined like three different gyms. <laughs> I was like, my people are workout like workout, and I went to a CrossFit gym, and I remember like in the first week you know, kind of like chatting up a chick that was in the gym and she was like, oh, we're going to do like a wine tasting this Friday. I was like, sure, I'm there. Like, I'm just like, I'm going to say yes to every opportunity. And I didn't end up ever seeing those people ever again, but it was like an opportunity for me to like, just, I would say yes and like run away and hide. So I think there's an opportunity to, to take that discomfort and take that uncertainty and just say yes and figure it out after and pull from other places where you did start from scratch and you were able to hack it. You were able to figure it out. You were able to build, um, you know, build something out of it. None of us start off being good at anything. I've actually said this. It's funny because I work a lot with internet, like business people, and they're so scared and they don't have any reps. And they're like, I don't know if I'm good or not. I'm like, look, if you're a mom and you've ever had a kid, your first kid, You didn't know what that was going to be like, but you got pregnant anyway. Same exact thing. You figured it out. You were like, here's the baby. I guess I'm a mom now. Like I figured it out. Same exact thing. So trust in yourself, right? That global confidence is really a level of self-trust. And to your point, you maybe do have to pull from other parts of your life or history has shown that while it's never super comfortable, you're able to handle it. And I think being like, yep, I don't know what's going to look like, but I trust myself to, to handle whatever transpires. And I think that's really powerful too.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, just a really good exercise is to look at what are, look back at your past and what are hard things you've been through that you made it, you made it on the other side and maybe even put yourself in hard situations. I was just this weekend, we did a like zip line and kind of a ropes course that looks so and cool. And my first, um, I wanted my very first degree. They didn't have this at the school I went to, but I wanted to do outdoor leadership and education. I did a semester called outward bound and we went on a three month, like mountaineering, canyoneering, rock climbing excursion. And the school that I went to didn't have this degree, but I really wanted to help people in this kind of stuff. And the reason why was when I was 12 years old, I went to a girl's camp and we went rappelling. And I remember there was a girl up on top of the of the rock. So basically repelling is you get on top of a mountain, you have a harness on, and then you go down the mountain backwards and like walk backwards or jump backwards. And so I got up there, never done it. It was very, it's like that just fluttery feeling at the top, super nauseous, but I went down pretty quickly and I just felt exhilarated at the bottom. And there was a girl in our group. She was up there for like an hour when you're cheering her on screaming. She was just, you could see her at the top, just standing on the edge. I was like, it has to be way worse. Just standing on the edge like this. She finally got down though. And everyone was just cheering for her. So excited. And then she was like a completely different person. She was like, so just so much confidence and just radiating. Like I did something so fucking hard. And I remember that thinking, this is so cool. When people do really hard things afterwards, they feel amazing. Like after skydiving, people go skydiving and then they're like, holy shit, I can't believe I did that. Or they go on ropes course and rock climbing and these kind of hard things. You put yourself in a really hard position. And you accomplish the thing, and it builds confidence. So I'm not saying like go skydiving, but maybe go skydiving, or like like (laughs) look in your look in your history of the things you've done. I know you've been through hard things in your life. I know you've you've like you're like okay, if I gone through this, I could do this. Like I have so many things in the back of my mind. I'm like okay, if I did this, oh, I can definitely do this. If I got through this, I could go through this thing. But if you don't have enough hard things, go make yourself do some hard things. Like literally, I don't know, go to a ropes course or go to a rock climbing gym and just do something scary as fuck. And then as soon as you do that, you're going to be like, I am fucking badass. I just did something really crazy. (laughs) And like, this is, this is fine. It builds your
1: self-efficacy, right? It's like, cool. Maybe if I did this one thing, I could do this thing. Something that works for me too, is like, I look around at other people who have done it. Then I'm like, if they can fucking do it, right? And this is actually what kept me going back to snowboarding when I was really struggling with snowboarding. The first like, you know, handful of times I went out was miserable, hated it. It was freezing cold. I was falling constantly. I had all these bruises, but I kept seeing people who I was like, I'm in better shape than them. I'm in more fit than them. Like whatever. It wasn't like I was better than I was just like, but if they can do it, I can definitely do it. It's just Mm -hmm. a matter of time. And so maybe look around and be like, damn. Yeah. Like if that person can do it, there's no reason why I can't either. Um, And I think that will also help you stay the course. It is like this question. I love this question because I feel like there's so many different ways, like different directions we can take with it. And really at the heart of it is it is a conversation around a level of self-trust and self-confidence that you can tackle the unknown. I think Mm -hmm. that's really what it is. I mean, I think 2020, 2021, the pandemic in general has created so much uncertainty. And as humans, we need a level of certainty, right? We need a level of security. We want to know what it's going to be. And it was funny because at Danny J's TED Talk, there was actually someone else who gave a talk. I forget who it was, Uh, but he was just like at the beginning of 2021, no one was like, this is going to be my year. Like no one said that for the first time ever in history, there was no like (laughs) New Year's resolutions for 2021. Like everyone was just like, I hope I survive. And so I think we are collectively in this very uncertain place. And we're looking for these little nuggets, these little something to just grab onto. And I think we're going to have to generate those ourselves. We're going to have to be like, cool. So I know for Brandon, as a dancer, he started a podcast. He was like, you know what? I can't control what the industry does. I can't control what the government does. I can't control when, you know, his company wants to bring him back in and start the show again. But I can carve out this little space on the internet for myself. And I can show up. And even if I only have seven fucking listeners, at least I feel like I'm progressing. And I think as humans, we need to feel like what we're doing matters. And so trying to find little ways to control the controllable. And I think if you can like find those little spaces, it will make the big uncertainty, the big global uncertainty feel a little bit more manageable. So I think it's so easy for us to go down 10 steps from now and be like, what if I never get a job? What if this never ends? What if this never? And I don't, I know for me, like if I start going down that rabbit hole, it's over, you know, uh-huh. I'm, or I'm just like, you know, commit me. So I think there's, there's ways in which we can find these small things to feel more in control when globally it feels very uncertain right now.
0: Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's definitely like a kind of a PTSD feeling, I think totally. as well, where it's like, well, what if I get back into it and then we get shut down again and totally. then it just starts again. And so I love yep. your point of that is like, what else can you do? What else can you be doing? And remind yourself that if, you know, I, I was thinking about all of the door dashing that was going on and people ordering stuff. I'm like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, I can always do DoorDash or something, you know, there's always like, right during the pandemic, there was always something going on. We're like, wow, if, if this job was gone, then there's this, that's everyone's looking for or needs. So there's, you're not going to starve is what I'm trying to say. Like if your career somehow just shuts down for a while, then you are resourceful. Mm -hmm. I just want you to remind you that you are so resourceful and just because you're trained in one thing doesn't mean you can't learn a new thing. Doesn't mean you're not going to shift. In fact, you probably will shift like Jill and I are doing the same exact thing we did right out of college. And I'm sure most of you listening on here aren't either. Um, even Courtney, who's our podcast producer, she's only 24 and she's doing something different, you know? So I think we have so many iterations of who we are in our lives and, a lot for a lot of people, 2020 just made that shift to go. Mm-hmm. Maybe I do want to pivot a little bit, or, you know, I did, I actually spoke to a lot of stylists at a hair retreat. I was at at the end of August. And I just said, how was your 2020? Cause I knew it was rough for the hair industry. And I would say actually all of them that I asked this question said it was really good. Mm. They all said, well. not at. they all said, not at first. They said it was scary. But then a lot of them said, it gave me a break I needed, or there were clients mm. I didn't like,
1: and mm. it was hard to say
0: no, and I couldn't get rid of them, but then it was easier to say no. It was easier mm. to have boundaries. It was easier to cut my hours. Um, and they just, they, they made some shifts, but that being said, they had the same salon to go back to. So moving across country and starting from scratch is another story. And I think a big piece, you know, we did do a whole podcast on moving. I think we did a I I think we did one on moving, didn't we? moving across yeah. country, yeah. you might have to, you might have to search it or maybe Courtney can put it in the notes. Um, but you know, finding friends, I think that also helps build your confidence because when you're in a new place, finding new, finding people just to support you and who are around you and have referrals and those kind of things can make a big, big difference. I felt a lot better when I moved to LA cause I already know Jill. And like she said, she came out, out there and join gyms and try to find new people. But I think finding people is going to help a lot. Being alone in a new place is an awkward feeling. And it does just stack the weird feelings on top. And then you start to just, you're you're in your own head you're in your own damn head. So finding people will help a lot. And I think just doing little things every day, using social media, not about, you know, Creating content, doing something. You got this.
1: Yep, for sure. I love this conversation. I feel like it's definitely applicable to a lot of our listeners in different areas, too. So thank you so much, Jeremiah, for bringing this up. Um, and y'all, we love your DMs. We really do. We um, love these discussions and we love hearing kind of like what you guys are maybe struggling with or what you're overcoming or what you'd like to hear just our take on. Um, and of course, we always want to know your take as well. So when you listen to this episode, uh, feel free to drop us a DM. Make sure you guys are in our close Facebook group, The Best Life Podcast podcast.com is our website there's a link to our close facebook group there and then of course if you love the show would always appreciate a rating and a review on apple Podcasts or wherever you listen um y'all really are the best we appreciate you so much and always open to feedback
0: appreciate y'all love it see you in the next one bye